Welcome back into the Great Scott Show on a Wednesday. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I, you know, I'm I'm surprised it's the first time I've ever talked to him. It's kind of on me, but I've uh, been wanting to have him on the show for a long time. And for anybody that follows high school sports in the state of Louisiana, you know him, Jared Roser uh, at Jared Roser on Twitter and. He has covered the prep sports scene uh, probably as good as anybody in this state for many years. Uh, he also, in addition to being a sports writer, is a is a teacher and uh, just a busy guy. But but he's doing his thing, man. First off, good morning, dude, and uh, and I appreciate you coming on. Yes, yeah, Scott, uh, absolute pleasure, and appreciate you sending me the invite. Happy to, to chat with you a little bit. What is uh, what is your favorite Beastie Boys song of all time? That's <laughs> tough. They have such a good catalog for so many years. Um, I, I imagine you get Fight for Your Right a lot. That was certainly the first one I knew. Um, I have a, a couple of of the later songs, I guess, um, in Intergalactic and, and What You Want that get stuck in my head maybe as much as any. Um, but I'll I'll go with No Sleep Till Brooklyn as as for whatever reason, as someone who hasn't even been to New York City, yeah. has always stood out to me and is, is near and dear to my heart. I really enjoy that one. I get hype anytime I hear it. No sleep <laughs> it it's, it's one of the more popular picks for sure um, when we when we go through this thing. But, yeah, man, they come in. I mean, the License Hill album is, is it's almost like it's a different band group, right? Faction, mm-hmm. if you will, than all their other albums. They're just different people. But it's still... Still holds up, you know, but all the albums are great in their own way, and there's really no wrong answer. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's a good one for sure. I, so let's let's hit on you a little bit for our audience. I mean, most of them know you, but for those that don't, you, you just got into teaching as well. So speaking of no sleep, man, I guess you're not getting a lot of sleep, right? <laughs> yeah, not a not a lot for sure. Especially as I try to keep juggling the uh, the sports media side. Um, I, I took a job this year over at. Woodlawn High School in Baton Rouge, uh, trying to start just the early stages of building out more of a student media program over there. Uh, I have some journalism classes and athletic marketing classes, uh, and we're going to try and over time really build up a little team of reporters and student sports info and and creative creative kids that are are helping promote some of the things that are happening over there, Uh, particularly on the athletic side. Um, where I work closely with the athletic director, Brent Broussard, and, and a lot of the coaches with the different sports, but but also just for kids that are interested in the media stuff in general, trying to get them uh, used to it. Our our journalism class isn't sports-specific, even though like half of my guys or half of my students are football guys right now, uh, just because when they saw that I was going to be teaching a class, they all jumped into it. Um, but my, you know, Broussard that I mentioned, he, he's got a – think a two-month-old baby now uh and and he joked that it seems like i'm on the same hours as as he and his wife christine (laughs) with the newborn parents uh schedule just trying to juggle the things that that i'm working on uh adjusting to teaching as well as keeping up with uh with the high school and lsu sports yeah see i i know you from covering you know your coverage of high school sports and as you mentioned uh lsu what like i mean when it comes to pro sports are you just a fan or are you like just too exhausted from all the other, like where are you at with like the saints and Pelicans? Yeah, I don't, I have never had to actively and consistently cover any professional beat. Um, and I say had to, I mean, I'm sure it would be 
a lot of fun and I'd, um, you know, I'd, I'd enjoy the opportunity to do more of that. But I also really, I've kind of gravitated more heavily over time toward the high school level just because of the the personal nature of it and getting a chance to know the kids and their families uh, that much more closely and tell some stories that might not be told quite the same way. Um, whereas a lot of the LSU level and the, the pro levels, um, you end up, you have 40 plus people trying to chase the same stories all the time. And so I, I really got a lot more satisfaction from the opportunity to, to spotlight some people that I felt like it meant a little bit more to uh, over time. And I've also enjoyed the fact that pro sports has allowed me to, to have some area of staying, uh, having that, that fan energy and, and not feeling like it's work and not feeling that, right. that same level of need for objectivity and whatnot. Um, and so I really enjoy the Saint watching the Saints on Sundays, really enjoy watching the Pels during basketball season. That actually the Hornets when they were in Charlotte when I was a kid were one of my favorite teams anyway. So the fact that uh, my hometown got that franchise, um, shoot, two, two decades ago now. 20 years. Um, yeah, 20 and, years ago. And they're, yeah, and that they're, uh, they're actually in a position now to be as exciting for hopefully a consistent run moving forward as we've seen uh, is really enjoyable for someone that still gets to play fan at that level. Yeah, it's like um... – uh, you know, the season's less than a regular season's less than a month away. But yeah, I, I was uh, in New Orleans whenever they first moved and, and did. I mean, I was in college, but I did some work with Cox when they had the games, just, you know, helping with the cameramen on court. So there I am, you know, at, at, at 21 or 22, just courtside. And then I got to do um, I got to do the PA announcing for a preseason game when they were having tryouts. And I don't know, I've always follow the team really closely and I know they haven't exactly had a great run by any means they've had these little pockets of success that quickly you know went away for various reasons but this I, I, I've been saying this for a while now building off of last season this feels different this time right I mean as you and you could speak to it right Jared Roser I guess as a guy that has followed the team since they moved there or even before that rather in Charlotte but you know has really followed the team in New Orleans those those things you thought would be sustainable, they just kind of fell apart. You know, I mean, the Chris Paul era, that was because you didn't have an owner, right? George Shin was, had his issues. He sold the team to the league, and they finally found a buyer. The AD thing, you know, they finally have a, a sweep, a nice moment, and, you know, he was looking to get out. And, and then this feels different. It feels like, you know, the younger guys really want to buy in. Certainly Ingram is bought in. His contract, Herb Jones... It, before it always got that feeling, Jared, where it was like, I felt like when they had success, there was very much a feeling of not so much the early part of Chris Paul, but ever since then, there was always a feeling of tell me why I should stay or give me a reason to stay. Whereas this group of players, it's like, no, nah, we want to build something right here, right? Like here are reasons for you to come here. And there's this sort of organic uh, feel like from, from some new fans that kind of came about during the run last season, it's you know funny. A team finished ten games under five hundred in the regular season, but if you watch them and you know the story, you know why that arrow's pointing up. But I just feel like, and I hope I'm not wrong, but I feel like this pocket of success they're in right now, it does feel a little more sustainable than those previous ones. And you know, it's not like this team has a history of getting to the playoffs back to back seasons. They did it uh, their first two seasons when they were the New Orleans Hornets, and then they did it 
two seasons with Chris Paul. And other than that, they never even got into the playoffs in back-to-back years. I think that changes this year, and I'm just jacked for the season, man. Yeah, I'm with you 100% across the board on all of that. It's, I mean, you started to feel that concern. Um, it's almost almost like a PTSD of watching the way things went with with Chris Paul and with Anthony Davis. And so that's why there was so much concern about where stuff was with Zion heading into last year's because we'd kind of seen that story play out before where, where there's this sense of potential and heading the right direction. And then it doesn't pan out. Somebody wants, somebody wants out. Um, you mentioned kind of tell me why I need to be here attitude. And, and it started to be a lot of concern that was Zion Williamson heading that way. But I think you saw even some guys that had been there in previous years, drew holiday was so big for that franchise in recent years. And then just the energy that Willie green brought in the attitude that, Brandon Ingram carries with them and, and some of these other veterans that have come into the fold, CJ McCollum's addition and just the way that, that he approached things with Zion and with the team as a whole and, and brought a different attitude of, of someone who was out there uh, publicly saying that he, he'd been elsewhere and, and this is where he wanted to be and wanted to retire and all those things and carries sort of the notoriety and cachet with him in terms of leadership around the league as, as the, player association president and um and whatnot um in his role with the player association and you mentioned herb jones just hitting on some of these other young picks that bring that much more enthusiasm and optimism of you know it's not just a guy or two here or there and then uh you know not sure about the depth the the rotation has so so much depth of talent um and has that veteran leadership but also has some young guys that you're going to see continuing to take next steps. I, I think Trey Murphy is a guy I can't wait to see this year and, and what steps he takes. Um, and so uh, I, I'm very excited to see what happens when, when this thing tips off in, in a month or so and um, what next steps this franchise takes as a whole because I think it's going to be a big one and they're going to make some noise in the West. Louisiana sports writer Jared Roser, our guest. And, um, you know, I, I think that – Folks, they've been hearing it, but Monday at Media Day, when they start seeing the videos and photos come out, I'm just telling everybody that's listening, Zion really is in the best shape of his life. And I know that sounds cliche, right? It's like such a training camp, preseason, whatever thing to say, but it's true. Um, And you're going to see the difference when you start seeing the photos and the videos. But uh, And it's going to take a little while for the team to, I think – you know, you don't have the continuity with Zion and that lineup that, that was so much fun late last year when they really started clicking. But they're going to get there, man. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be a really fun season. ASP and Life, you have the best ticket in sports. Jared Roser, our guest. Um, you know, you were talking about getting to still be a fan. It's weird. I've been on sports radio about 18 years. And I guess when I first got started, I was very much still like a fan of kind of anything and everything. Um, and working closely with colleges and UL and things like that. I find myself like, I I guess I root more for the people you were talking about the human side of like prep sports, but it kind of takes the fandom out of it. It makes you feel different about it. And even though I cover the saints and I cover the Pelicans and, and they're still like, I'm still able to be a fan when I watch them. Like I still overreact. Now when I'm on the air, I, I try to be a little more objective, but I'm still overreacting in the moment. I'm still, having this emotional pull and, 
having this either euphoria or this just dread based on how the game unfolds. And it, it doesn't really happen to me anymore when I'm watching college sports or, or high school sports. Not to say I don't enjoy it, but, you know, I, I, it, it, when you were talking about why you enjoy high school sports, but also why you're not so much a fan of college and high school but are pro, I can relate to that. I think people outside of the business might struggle. They're like, wait, you're saying you enjoy covering it, but you're not really a fan of it. I'm like, yeah, I guess when you put it that way, it sounds weird, but that's just kind of how it goes, man. I guess once you get a certain human element and you have enough access to something, you know, it's only natural to kind of pull back and, and feel different about things, you know? Yeah. And those, those end up being the things that for work are kind of, you have a lot more responsibility when you're watching that game than you did when you were a fan. And so there's a lot of other pieces of most emotion, a lot of uh, different stress levels and, and things that you have to kind of keep in mind and, um, and worry about throughout. And so as I'm watching a close LSU game, I'm writing four different stories at once yeah. to try to be prepared for however this is about to end. And so my anxiety level is very much tied to what my job detail is at that moment more so than um you know win or lose for the the school that I went to and grew up really loving um I certainly I wish all the Louisiana schools well uh that's part of the whole my Louisiana versus all y'all uh dynamic or energy in general is I I like weekends where I see LSU win Tulane the Cajuns La Tech and, and everybody around the state win um and just represent the home state well uh, as a whole, and and also to see in these guys that in some cases I've known since they were ten or eleven years old, if they're the younger brothers of of other people that I covered, the sons of coaches or anything like that. Um, just seeing those individuals kind of reach their full potential and have success at whatever it is they're doing. Uh, we we see a lot of it with football and, and on the sports side, but just get excited to see young folks from Louisiana taking next steps in whatever, whatever realms they're going into um, and getting that education and, and doing something with themselves in a, in a positive way. Uh, and so, yeah, my, as much as I enjoy it, it ends up being just very different parts of my, my brain or, or heart or whatever are kind of firing uh, than, than when I was watching the Pels in the playoffs this year, or when I was right. watching LSU as a, a teenager or anything like that. Jared Roser, our guest at uh, that's J E R I T R O S E R. Jared Roser, give him a follow on Twitter. Over nineteen thousand two hundred followers. Uh, you need to be one of them as well. You know, I I've just followed you for some high school stories and, and some LSU stuff over the years. But I want to take a quick time out, come back, and want to talk high school ball with you in particular. I know you got a lot of relationships with a lot of coaches, but how you feel about the Acadiana area. And, uh, you know, I think there are eight Acadiana area teams, you know, ranked in the latest top 10 polls. But we'll hit on that with Jared and more. Don't go anywhere. This is the Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We'll be right back after this. Stop! 
Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Before we continue, let me remind you, you've got one more day to sign up to win the ultimate tailgate package. Rage and Cajun homecoming against South Alabama is October the 1st, and that's a week from Saturday. It's right there. And so 50 tickets to the game, Fizo's Seafood Steakhouse and Oyster Bar, they're going to come out. They're going to set you up. They're going to provide the delicious food, obviously, to cook it right there. They're going to have a wait staff, tent, tables, chairs, the soft drinks, right at the best tailgate spot near the band, and 50 tickets to the gate. The ultimate tailgate package. To sign up, head to ESPN Lafayette. Click on Tailgate for 50 or ESPNLafayette.com, whether it be the app, whether it be the website, either one. Click on the Tailgate for 50. It's free to sign up, and you can't win if you don't sign up. So give it a shot. The uh, winner will be announced a little bit later uh, in the week. In the meantime, back to our guest, Jarrett Roser, our guest. Uh, you know him as a uh, prep writer and a guy that's covered LSU for uh, for many years in the newspaper scene and around the state of Louisiana. And you were speaking last segment about you know kind of your passion for covering high school sports and the stories you get to tell, which I I, I appreciate I appreciate and respect, Jarrett, because there there are certain. I don't know if it's, I wouldn't even necessarily call it unspoken, but there's this idea of, you know what, you kind of cut your teeth with prep sports and then you kind of move and then you do this and do that. And you've, you've never like, as far as I know from afar, you've really made, never made any, you know, qualms about it. You've always said, no, I, I love prep sports. I mean, you, you put up jokes about how you're going to be, you know, covering the LHSA playoffs in the year, like 2070. I mean, you, this is, <laughs> but this is something that, um, you know, it's 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 a passion of yours, and it's something that you you know really well. There are a lot of relationships in it, but it's it's definitely something I respect and admire, man. Because it's not necessarily the normal way of doing things, but you know what, the normal way of doing things isn't necessarily the, the way of doing things. Everybody kind of has their own path, you know. Yeah, and it's it's definitely not the way I saw things going when I was finishing up LSU and I took my first job up in. Monroe and was going to get to cover Louisiana Tech and Grambling State, but also a lot of prep football that is is pretty much king up in Northeast Louisiana. Um, And they joked when I got hired of they covered the four area universities, ULM, La Tech, Grambling State, and West Monroe University High School uh, program. And so when I went up there, my attitude was very much, I was looking forward to covering those colleges. I was going to kind of do the high school thing and make the most of it. But I I thought that was my first stop and I'd go back to a a big college program or, or maybe at some point at that, at that point, maybe go on to a professional beat or something at some point. And when I came back to South Louisiana, I had a really good opportunity to be NOLA.com's first Baton Rouge writer uh, back when that was still the Times-Picune breaking into Baton Rouge and the advocate was first going down into New Orleans. And so they hired me to just kind of pave a little bit of a way as they started doing a little bit more around the state coverage. And I kept falling more and more in love with that role of covering the high school level and all the relationships that are there and the storytelling that we've talked about to a point that as they scaled back some on that and kept pushing me further and further to do LSU, stop worrying about this other stuff. um, I realized that I was, I was feeling less fulfilled overall with my job of just going through the the routines of covering LSU because I didn't enjoy, I didn't get the same feeling at least um, 
of the satisfaction and job fulfillment um, as as when I was covering those high school games, as much as I enjoyed covering a big LSU game and the, the atmosphere in there on a Saturday night's incredible and getting a chance to cover big bowl games all the way through a national championship a couple of years ago. I, I really enjoy the high school game and the people there every bit as much. Um, and so I, you know, I've definitely locked into the fact that I want to have that be a piece of what I do, even if I'm doing LSU or, or Cajuns or whatever it may be, I don't ever want to leave that high school piece behind um, to a point that when I, I like badly broke my right ankle last October um, and when I was in the emergency room and they were telling me kind of the timeline, the first thing that I was asking about was the timeline. And in my head, I was thinking about high school sports. And when they told me that I was still going to be you know, barely moving around by the time uh, the state championships were happening, I started tearing up and apologized to the doctors. Like, look, I know this is stupid, but this is kind of what is going through my head right now. Um, and it's, it's super corny. I understand that. But uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And you'll all, I mean, you're there. I mean, you're literally now also teaching at a high school. So um, with that, covering the schools around here in Acadiana, you know, I know I know you coach Danny Broussard, coach Danny Broussard, the Godfather, the SDM basketball. I mean, there's, <laughs> you know, and he, he listens a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I went to SDM, so I've, I've known uh, coach for a very, very long time. But um, there, there, there's some coaches in this, in and around this area that have been at it for a long time. There's some others that have had multiple stops. But, you know, how would you describe Acadiana and this area for prep sports in comparison to the rest of the state, I know every pocket around the state feels a little different, but how would you describe it and, and how would you compare it to the other parts of the state when it comes to high school sports? Yeah, I really, I love the Lafayette area just in general to a point where I mentioned, I, I mean, I grew up in New Orleans. I didn't leave the city until Katrina forced me up to Baton Rouge um, and had always you know, I didn't want to leave New Orleans. I always thought I'd go back to New Orleans um, and just haven't have never made that move because I've, I've had good opportunities elsewhere. Um, but I had so many of my best friends that went to Northside in particular, but a few different schools in the area. Um, and anytime I was out there, I met that many more great people, friends of friends, uh, even before I was getting into journalism and having a chance to meet folks like Danny, who I think some people think is my actual uncle because we always call him uncle danny <laughs> um and so my mom when she refers when i say like my other home she would know that i was talking about lafayette and then chicago as i got a, a lot more friends up there over the years and started visiting chicago more often but those you know one place a little bit farther away and then one pl place just right right there west on i-10 that have been very near and dear to my heart through the years um and from a sports dynamic, I mean, Lafayette's a little bit smaller than, than Lafayette or New Orleans, and so it's got some of that that small-town, old-school energy to it in a lot of ways, but there's a lot of really cool just flavor to the, the people and the food and the music and, and all those things that, that reminds me of a smaller scale back home in New Orleans. Uh, I used to love going to Festival International at the end of April every year. Um, and you see just some of that trickle through with that, like 
that joie de vivre almost of, of folks out there and, and jo- enjoying what they're doing um, and really taking a lot of pride in, in it and, and the traditions that go along with it and the relationships that are there. Um, and you had seen for years, there wasn't quite the same attention to, uh, to high level college prospects coming out for a stretch there as I was, as I was getting more into this and, and the recruiting side and whatnot, as we saw coming out of a New Orleans area or Monroe when I was first getting up there was still really humming with, uh, with a lot of talent coming out there. But right now, as much talent's coming through Lafayette, the last couple of classes and the classes to come as anywhere. And so it's kind of a cool time for, for the three, three, seven, and particularly the uh, Acadiana, Acadiana area where you've got this mix of, of some of that small town, old school, vibe with some of the best talent in one of the most talent-rich states in the country. Jared Roser, our guest, ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports at Jared Roser, J-E-R-I-T-R-O-S-E-R. Um, what what has been, I guess, in this area, what's been in your career, The I guess, your favorite story that you've covered for whatever reason, whether it be a personal level, whether it be a, an individual, a coach, a team, a player, a recruit from the Acadiana area, what's one that just sticks out to you as, man, that's that's one I'm proud of and that's one of my favorites? Man, that's tough. Um, it's It's been fun to watch LCA grow the way it has and get a chance to know more and more of those guys through the years. Uh, there's actually a pretty good chance I'll be back out there this week for that Rustin and LCA game. Um really thankful for for some of the relationships with uh with with coaches that that we mentioned um you, you know you talk about Danny Trev's been great seeing Ryan Antoine and everything that that he went through last year and mom couldn't make the state championship game and and, and whatnot to bring that state championship home to Westgate that was one that uh that pained me a bit to not be on on hand and down on the sideline and whatnot for um also a, pr- a pretty good example of, of why uh, it's tough to, to have that same fan energy at the high school level because I felt for those Warren Easton guys yeah. so much after how close they'd gotten through the years. Um, but I know the more I list, the the worse I'm going to feel about leaving someone off. Um, the relationships yeah. with, with the Besh family the last few years and, and seeing Jack come along. I remember watching him and being really impressed before the big colleges really started to come come in on him, and so watching some of that fall into place for for a talented guy like that in recent years was uh, was really special. To where now he's he's catching touchdowns in the same end zones as his uncles and whatnot. Um, but um, the relationships with with the Cook family out at Notre Dame, um, I had a chance to go to school with uh, with with Coach Louis's nieces, um, and not realized that there was any relationship there at all uh the the hunley girls and uh annie who i worked with at the student paper in college knew it seemed like on the surface as little about sports as maybe anyone that i'd known and then i mentioned that i was going to a notre dame and east feliciana playoff game and she starts rattling off notre dame football stats and i was confused as to how she knew that and so well my uncle's coach there and i said well who's who's your uncle and she said uncle Uncle Louie, yeah. your uncle is one of the greatest high school football coaches Ever. in in Louisiana history. Um, and so some stuff like that, that also goes back to speaking to that, that small town energy and um, how significant some of those relationships are and, and just the meaning of high school sports in those communities. All that's been 
uh, a ton of fun through the years to, to cover in various capacities. All right, Jared Roser has been our guest. Let's let's wrap it up with some fandom. Where is your level of concern with the Saints after two weeks of the season? Ten being very concerned, one being not worried at all. I would say on the lower end, they've certainly they've got to clear some things up, but they they had a chance to to still win that game um, this this past weekend against Tampa, despite Tampa being one of the the other top contenders in the NFC again this year and, and Jameis out there with a, a broken back as crazy as that sounds. Um, so I just hope that, that he heals up. They, they get everybody, um, you know, when, when they have Alvin Kamara back and just get everybody back into the fold and um, are all kind of starting to hit their stride. You, you have some coaches in, in new roles and, and Dennis Allen, and a couple of other guys. Um, and so, as they get to more of the mid-season point, I'm expecting them to, to have worked out some kinks, healed up, and, and be a team to watch in the NFC. So um, I'd say four, maybe, some, somewhere low, low middle range. There you go. I mean, it's you're two weeks into the season. Concerns, obviously, about the injury, but defense looks pretty good. I mean, it's it's a long way away. I was talking to Jake DeLome last week, and – he was just—he was pointing out that nowadays, with the little amount of padded practices, with with you know a lot of players not even playing in the preseason, and then even when you do, there's two over two weeks between the last preseason game and the. He says, "Listen, there's so many teams that are like have a lot to work out that he would wait until like week five or six to really start realizing, okay." This team either isn't going to figure it out or they are, or this team is good or this team. He said give it five or six weeks, and then you know that's when you can really start judging some teams. But uh, but I don't need five weeks to judge the Falcons. They're awful, and I think that's pretty easy to see. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we, I, I don't know that we needed one week. We knew that that was going to be right. a, a train wreck, um, and we're certainly going to hope for it to be a train wreck regardless. But, um, yeah, pe- people love to overreact in, in life in 2022 and certainly in sports you saw uh how quickly people were ready to to write off bill belichick and the patriots after one game and then you turn around a week later and they've gone to pittsburgh and won meanwhile that miami team that beat them comes roaring back to win in baltimore and so a lot fluctuates very swiftly those first four five six weeks of a really long season um and, and i'm i'm optimistic that by the time we get into the later stages of the season. The Saints are going to be one of those top teams in the NFC. Jared Roser has been our guest. He is a teacher, a writer, and a good dude. Jared, um, I mentioned your your Twitter handle at Jared Roser, J E R I T R O S E R. Anything else you want to plug before we let you run? Yeah, I mean, I try to funnel as much through that Twitter account as possible. I keep up with some of my Louisiana versus all y'all stuff on the YouTube channel and Instagram and on that Twitter account, um, have the tiger detail stuff with, uh, with Jimmy Smith, Ron Higgins and Julie Bodwin covering LSU, um, for the rivals network. Uh, but if you, if you keep up with my personal Jarrett Roser Twitter, I try and get as much of it to come through there. One stop shop as possible. Good stuff. Jarrett Roser has been our guest. We're going to take a quick time out. We'll come back. Tell you how app state, flubbed one of their uh, great alumni by accident, but it was kind of embarrassing. And it also involves an NFL Hall of Famer. I'll explain next. In the meantime, we'll let Jarrett run. Man, I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Let's do it again in the future. Sounds good to me, Scott. Appreciate you. Y'all have a great morning.
Great Scott Show continues right after this. Light up a 